Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Amanda Loudon. Hello, Amanda. Hi, how are you? I am doing well. How about you? I am well, thanks. Good, good, good. So let's start with the question there, the topic that we to remind people who you are. Let's uh, what articles are you working on? Um, let's see, I have something actually, it's really kind of different and, and, um, interesting, um, in maybe a little, you know, dark way, but, um, I'm, I'm working on something for ESPNW right now. Um, looking into, um, I don't know if you saw, there was a whole big, uh, scandal involving a USA gymnastics coach, um, or well, not, not coach. He was a a team doctor and, um, and sexual abuse. And, um, so they've got me writing a piece, um, kind of a, you know, a how to avoid this kind of thing for oh. parents of, of children and youth sports. Wow. Um, so yeah, this is really different and, and not, you know, right in my normal wheelhouse and I'm pretty excited about it. So, so, and is it troubling? I mean, are you feeling, I mean, cause your kids are a little bit older. I mean, are you feeling like, oh my gosh, I made such mistakes when they were in elementary school or. No, not necessarily. Um, it's, it's just more, um. You know, because some of these girls who were in the USA gymnastics program, you know, they were well into their teens, um, you know, so it's, it's really just kind of, um, you know, giving parents some, some tips to, to ensure they can keep their kids out of, out of danger and, you know, to not, you know, the, the typical, I guess, um, abuser, um, uh, what MO is that they, you know, they convince them that, that, you know, harm will come to their families or whatever else, if they're not, um, you know, complying or if they, if they, if they say anything. And, um, so it is disturbing stuff. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, no no question about it, but, but Hmm. also, you know, interesting. And I think, you know, a good, um, a good article to write, you know, it's information Mm -hmm. that needs to be had out there. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Good. 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 And do you know what issue that's going to be in? Um, I do not. I do not. Not but, like magazines ever keep their promises. I mean, so. right? I know. I know. That's all the point was, isn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, we were so excited for the. Um, did you see the profile on another mother runner and competitor magazine? Yes. yes. So, so yeah, we were. Allison, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we. Yeah. Exactly. So we were just thrilled by that, and that we did the interview back in September. They did the photo shoot when we were at the retreat in Spokane in September. And so I guess it was originally going to be in November, then it was going to be in the December issue. And then, you know, sort of fell off. And finally, I think it was in the February issue. And um, just each, you know, at the beginning of each one, they'd be like, oh, is it out? No, it's not out. Uh, You know, and I've been, you know, I've, you know, Dim and I were in the magazine. Yeah, Yeah. we're in the magazine industry for a long time. So we know how it goes. So it was just like, oh, I was really looking forward to it. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so, and how is your, what, I don't think I, do I know what your decision about Boston was? Is? So my decision was made for me. Um, oh. I was, um, you know, d- d- tracking along, everything was going well. I was, you know, my mileage is where I needed to be. And then early February, um, I came down with the flu oh. and, um, 10 days that I was down and out. Oh. And then when I started coming back and trying to get running back up to running your thing, I just, my energy just wasn't there. It was, it was hideous. Um, and I just decided getting from point A to point B is too much. It just seemed insurmountable. And, um, when I thought of taking it off my plate, I had this huge sense of relief, like Uh let's just let it go. Don't try to push the envelope and try to get the miles in and you're, you know, just going to dig a bigger hole. And so, no, I'm not doing it now. And I, I am, 
really, really okay with that. Yeah, so. you sound totally at peace with it. <laughs> probably too, probably too much at peace. <laughs> Boston Schmoston, who wants to do that race? <laughs> I just, I don't know. It just, it was just too exhausting and overwhelming to really even, you know. And it just, it feels good to be to not have that right now um, hanging over me. So, and are, are you still going to go with your friends though up to Boston? Yeah. I, I'm not because you know what? It was running right up against our spring break anyhow. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, I was going to come back from uh, spring break. We're coming back on a Friday night and I was going to leave the very next day, get on another plan and go to Boston. And um, you know what? That It clears out my weekend. I can be with my kids for Easter. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's all. It's all I, I have thought about that, that it's unfortunate that Boston's the day after Easter. I know. I and- know. I wish. I don't know. I guess Patriot's Day is when Patriots Day is going to be, but it would be nice if they could move Patriots Day. To- oh, I know. I know. And then I think I used to think the same thing when when New York was, you know, the right after a day or two after Halloween. Yes. You know? And it's yes. just like, oh, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Yeah. So, oh my yeah. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So what's going on with you? Oh, the big excitement in our house is that, um, so John and Daphne are, as I've said a couple times, they go to this arts-focused middle school, and so the school always has a spring musical, and this year it's Shrek Jr., and uh, they have been in very lengthy after-school rehearsals, and then um, last Saturday, which was my birthday, they had an all-day rehearsal, and now today is Wednesday. They got pulled out. They aren't going to any classes today. They have all-day rehearsal, and they had to get there a little early um, wow. so, so they could do makeup. Um, and so it opens. Shrek Jr. opens tomorrow night, and this is a shameless plug um, at Da Vinci Middle School. And I have to say that most people are probably rolling their eyes and thinking, oh, middle school performance. It is like as at least as good as some high school performances, if not wow. better. I mean, they are just amazing, amazing. And they're also so last year our older daughter was in um, Lion King, and it was the perfect line. Well, it was Lion King Junior, and so it was about 75, 80 minutes long, and it's perfect. It tells enough of a story, it keeps you engaged, really entertaining. But boom, just when you're sort of like thinking, yeah, this is a children's performance, it's <laughs> like done. We're over. This is the finale song. This is awesome. So, oh my gosh! But I mean, John and Daphne have just been—they come home and they have to stay till five fifteen for rehearsal, and they just sing and sing and sing for the whole rest of the night. The songs wow. and and um oh my now, gosh dancing are they, both, are they both acting in it or are they or are they tech crew or anything like that so they're well um so yes yeah, so they are both acting it john actually has a t- uh, a named role he's baby bear and um daphne <laughs> is a fairy tale creature um or character i'm not i shouldn't say creature fairy tale character so that's sort of like a chorus thing and so the, typically i mean you'd have to really be I don't know, um, star quality to be cast as a sixth grader in anything but kind of a very, very supporting or chorus type role. They really okay. save those for the eighth graders and some seventh graders. Um, so, but they're just having a ton of fun with it and I'm all excited to go and I'll go a couple times and because John is an understudy for Gingy, for Gingerbread Man, as well as I think he's understudy for Mama Bear. I don't know how that would work. Um, playing two bears, and then Daphne is understudy for the Ugly Duckling. Um, so I'm so I'm I do not wish um, ill on any children, but um, I'm hoping maybe there's an opportunity that they'll get to step up because there's six performances. There's Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday um, day. There's a matinee, and then so that's this week, and then again next week the exact same schedule. So six wow. performances altogether. So and tickets are ten dollars. You can buy them at the door. Please support Da Vinci Arts Middle School. 
School. It's in uh, Inner Northeast, right near um, some really fun restaurants on Northeast 28. So you can plan a whole evening with your kids. You can go out to dinner and then take them right over to Da Vinci. There, that's my that's my um, paid announcement. <laughs> I think that's awesome, though. I really do. I, uh, I think it's so much fun. Like the kids that um, Phoebe babysat for, some of the girls she babysat for, they went to Lion King Jr. last year, and they just loved seeing her. So really trying to encourage our neighbors to go and bring their kids. And so it's fun. Nice. All right. Well, Amanda, there's there's no one to invite on because it's just the two of us for this for this podcast. But let's move into let's move into the meat of it. Um, and I love shows like this. I love when it's um, just me and a co-host. I, I find it um, is easy. So this is um, and fun. Uh, so today's conversation is, show is part conversation, part me interviewing you, Amanda, on the topic of how to get faster. Or to put it another way, how to build or hone speed, because I think sometimes the pressure to, quote, get faster can be too great. So we will kick off that conversation after this short break. Welcome back to the show, Amanda Loudon. Um, Thank you. <laughs> so, and uh, let's remind, yeah, yeah. So let's remind folks why you are indeed an expert on telling folks how to improve their speed. Um, not, not, not because, not because I have speed, but oh, because sandba- sandbagging, sandbagging, caution, sandbagging. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, but, um, because I've been coaching for about eight years now and, um, I have worked with, uh, a host of runners over the years, um, in groups, in person, um, virtually anywhere from beginners on up to, um, marathoners with big time goals. Um, so, uh, I guess that's that's the background from which mm-hmm. I'm coming on this, and um, and then as a writer, I mean, I write <laughs> a lot yeah. about yeah. running, <laughs> right. and I, you know, I feel like I'm constantly doing research into running, and um, you know, I, I love digging into uh, the science of it um, as well. So. Yeah. And getting to, I just remember when, when I was freelancer, I, I always was just learning new things from different coaches or experts or professional runners or whoever it was I was talking to. So it seems like the, a continuing education. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So to run faster, shouldn't I just, um, run faster? Hmm. I've uh, that it was so simple. <laughs> um, you know, no, <laughs> um, it's, it, it's definitely, uh, a balancing act. Um, you are going to have, um, specific workouts, um, to hone the speed that you're after. And then you need the recovery in there as well. And you also need, um, first of all, a a, a nice base, a nice aerobic base. Um, I like to think of it as kind of like a pyramid. So Mm -hmm. you you build your base first and then you're, then you're going to start adding in some simple speed and then going on up the pyramid, um, all the way up to, you know, some, some, hard intervals on the track. So, um, it's a long process. It's not as simple as just going out and running fast. And in fact, going out and running fast all the time is, is a real recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I definitely thought, I remember the first time I thought, Oh, I'm going to qualify for Boston. That's what I thought. I thought, Oh, I just need to go out and run fast. And then on marathon day, I'll just extend that and just keep running faster. (laughs) And that didn't work out so well. Um, (laughs) So, so let's, let's break it down talk about some of the different running tools, so to speak, you know, track workouts, hill repeats, um, tempo. Let's, um, let's start you, you, you're building the pyramid. So you tell me where to start. Sure. So I, like I said, um, after base building, mm-hmm. um, I always, and I kind of look at this as a seasonal kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. And, and so like kind of looking over the course of a year, um, you know, to me, it, it, like if we're going to start with January, you know, you're, you're 
usually depending on your race goal, you're in base building phase and probably coming out of that by, you know, mid to late February. And then that's a good time, I think, to start adding in um, some simple things like hill repeats. Um, it's a great place to start. And um, hill repeats are going to build some strength as well as some speed. Um, Maybe describe what uh, um, a hill repeat is. Yep, sure. Yeah, yeah. sure. So um, it, it's going to vary in terms of, um, you know, the, the distance um, that, that you're going to be running and, and you know, the, the size of the hill, the, the angle of the hill, all that kind of thing. But um, you know, a typical hill repeat might take you 30 seconds to get up a hill and say you're going to run six of those. So you're going to, you know, warm up for a couple of miles. You're going to find that hill. You're going to run up it for 30 seconds hard um, and then jog easy back down to recover. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the bottom, you turn around and you do it all over again for however many repeats are uh, prescribed if, if you're using, you know, a program or a coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we should have mentioned that, that, that you're part of your coaching pedigree is you're the one of the train like a mother coaches. You're the Absolutely. coach of, yes, of the, the traditional, traditional programs as we call them. Yes. Right. Yep. Right. So I've got 10 K half marathon and marathon. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. So we got your, got your hill repeats. Then what, what are you going to layer on top of that? Yeah. So um, after hill repeats, I like to kind of start with some um, road speed um, things like, um, and, and at this point still, I'm not really, um, a fan of prescribing paces. I mean, you're mm-hmm. still early into the um, plan and um, early into building speed. So I think from there, it's nice to transition over to things like 10 by one minute at say 90% effort and one minute off and then, mm-hmm. you know, do it again. Um, and and from there, you can start leading into some other things like um, tempo, which we'll, we'll describe what tempo is mm-hmm. um, and some race pace work. And then eventually, um, I, I like to, to throw in some track work. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, so, so moving along, if we want to get into tempo, um, let's one second, but the, the, for the yeah. 90%, I think some people, I know that, um, for me, I would oftentimes do it at, um, you know, like a, a four on a scale of one to five, that sort of thing. And so often people will be like, well, how do you know when you're at four? You know, so how do you know when you're at 90%? Yeah. Um, so your you know ninety percent is going to be a very hard effort, but not one hundred percent all out. You want to be able to finish that repeat with um, with with enough to give on another if you had to. Um, and if you want to get really technical on it, um, uh, you know you can go by your maximum heart rate mm-hmm. um, if you know what that is, and um, you know do the calculations, come up with your ninety percent, um, and 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 that would kind of you know, if you're going by heart rate, that's one way to, to calculate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and again, I'm not going to, not going to recommend a pace at that point. So, um, so yeah, so that, that those would be my ways of, of calculating it. So, mm-hmm. you know, good, hard effort, but having enough left over that you can still do another if you had to. Mm-hmm. And doing them by time so that um, it's yeah. variable by, you know, your one minute is you're probably going to cover more distance than I am on one, my one minute. Yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna vary absolutely from one person to the next. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, doke. So tempo, which I think it seems like such a slippery concept to so many people. It really is. And and I think everyone has a tough time knowing what their tempo pace mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um and again, I, I, I am not gonna prescribe a, a pace on tempo. I, I I personally never, ever, ever s- seek out a pace with tempo. I seek out comfortably hard. So 
You might be able to squeeze out a word or two if you're doing tempo with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's typically going to be a, a little bit of a longer effort. So maybe, you know, three, four, five, six miles, depending on what you're training for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want it to be something that, you know, potentially you could hold for up to an hour if you had to. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it gets a little confusing between tempo and race pace. Um I define tempo as, as a little bit easier than race pace, you know, because if you're at race pace, you know, depending on the distance, um, you're probably not going to be talking much. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, you know, 10, especially, you know, like 10 K race pace, five K race pace, you know, you're not going to have any leftover oxygen. So mm-hmm. tempo, you're going to have some leftover oxygen. You're going to be, um, you know, be able to eke out a few words here and there, and you're going to want to be able to, you know, sustain that pace. So mm-hmm. it is, gray. It is nebulous. It is hard to define. Mm-hmm. Um, but comfortably hard is a great way to describe it. Yeah. I wrote that. I wrote that down in quotation marks in the notes that I take. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, and then you kind of stretch that out with embedded race pace, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and, and race pace is something that's, you know, one of the newer developments in speed work, you know, over the past, I don't know, decade or so, mm-hmm. you know, that, that more and more coaches are, are um, I, getting more, more heavy into the race pace training. I, I have to say the first time I did it was when I was training for what became my um, PR uh, marathon in 2009. And I just thought I was so sophisticated for doing embedded <laughs> race pace. I mean, I was like, look at me. I'm doing embedded race pace. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, a, a race pace effort is going to be, um, you know, if you know what your goal race pace is. Um, you're going to incorporate that into um, a longer run. Um, it, it could be your long run, um, or it could be, you know, say like a midweek longer kind mm-hmm. of run, not 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 one of your shorter runs, not your longest run. Um, and it is going to be exactly at that defined race pace. And the whole idea is to get your body comfortable with that race pace, um, to get your body learning what that race pace feels like. Mm-hmm. And, and it can also be a good measure of, Hey, is this race pace realistic or not? Mm-hmm. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. And also yeah. It, I, I, that for me, definitely in the, I remember I did it. Um, so my PR race is Eugene marathon, which I'm going to again this year, but just as a exhibitor, um, which is a whole lot easier than running it. Uh, right. and, um, that, uh, so went with the coach I was working with, she and I road trip down to Eugene and, um, did, I guess 20, about 22 miles on a lot of the course. And I forget, maybe it was race pace. I think she, she divided two segments of it. And I, but I just remember having to do race pace at, you know, mile 20, mile 21 of that run. And so being able to do it on those tired legs, keeping the mental fortitude and focus to be able to, you know, maintain that. And I just felt, I felt it was really such a rewarding, um, workout, not just from a cardio standpoint, but from a mental toughness and, um, yeah, 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 Yeah. confidence. Oh Yeah bucket loads yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause if you can come off of, you know, like, like if, like if you're deep in the training like that and you're, you're definitely on tired legs at that point, um, you know, 22, you were probably, I don't know, three or four weeks back from your yep. race. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So your legs were stinking tired at that point. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, you know, and so if you know, you can go out there and nail eight miles, 10 miles at your desired race pace, that's a pretty good indicator that, that you've got what you need 
three weeks later on tapered likes to, to, to make it come true. Well, see, I think that's the important thing to remember is that, you know, you can be thinking like, oh, it was so hard to nail the pace I was supposed to on, you know, like a Wednesday, you know, seven mile run or on, on the weekend long run. And you for, it's so easy to forget that on race day, you're going to be tapered. You're going to feel so much better than you do on that training run because, Absolutely. you know, you've had some time to rest for goodness sake. Absolutely. It makes all the difference in the world. You know, mm-hmm. your body's prepared. It's your legs are fresh. You're, you're ready to go. Um, you know, it just, it, it makes all the difference. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think people sometimes, you know, if they have a bad training day or when they're supposed to be hitting a certain pace or something like that and they can't hit it and it will sometimes, you know, be a knock to your confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to keep that in mind that, mm-hmm. you know what, it, it just, you know, you're tired right now. It could have just been an off day. Um, you know, don't give up. Doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. you know, go yep. back out and again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And also you forget, you forget how much the excitement of a race environment, what that can do for you. And then I know music's not for everybody, but, um, I definitely find it can help me go so much f- faster and sustain the harder effort. And it doesn't feel quite as hard. And I had forgotten that I, I, um, so oftentimes now either run with Molly, so I don't have anything plugged in my ears or when I do go out solo, I listen to a podcast typically. And, um, over the weekend I ran to music and I mean, sustaining, I wasn't, I was not intending to hit any pace. I was just out there to enjoy being outside and being active and just, you know, was ended up running like, I don't know, 30 seconds faster per mile than I usually do. Just, just because, you know, I, I tend to go kind of slow these days when I'm not trying to hit any pace (laughs) and, uh, um, that, uh, you know, it just, you know, just a pep in your step. Don't discount what music can do for you. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. So, or or sometimes a lot for a lot of people, it's just being around other people that can do it. So it's whether the excitement and the energy of the race or, you know, the competitive fire gets burning a little bit and it's like, oh yeah, I want to go catch, you know, that dude in those green shorts and then I'll catch the woman in the purple shirt and, you know, on from there. So, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, on the flip side, this is getting slightly off topic, but, but on the flip side, there's a danger in that too. You know, there's the mm-hmm. danger of, of those first couple of miles and getting caught up in the excitement and, and it does feel easier on race day than it did, you know, three weeks prior. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so can anyone get faster or is it just newer runners, more experienced runners, um, younger ones? Um, so there's a, uh, I don't even know who created this or came up with this concept. Um, but in theory, most runners have about 10 years of improvement in them, no matter, no matter when they start. I mean, you know, I might make an exception if you're starting at 60. I don't know that, you know, we're still going to be improving at 70, but, but we can hope, um, you know, um, but you know, in theory that, that, that is how it works. You know, if you're training consistently and, um, you know, t- training to improve, um, you have the potential to, to continue to improve, improve for about a decade. Um, which is why I think it's important to, to remember you are in it the, for the long haul and, and not to try to, you know, rush the improvements too much the first couple of years, you're still developing as a runner, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you do have some time. So, hmm. so that's why that, so that, that it, I love that you see that as a message of hope that like, oh, well, if you've only been a runner for four years, you, know, you still got a lot of runway left to get faster. And I'm like thinking, oh man, I've been running for more than three decades. That's not good news to me. <laughs> like, so, so beyond that. Like, there's, there's no parameter that, that thinks that, um, 
you know, <laughs> that I can get faster at this point. So. <laughs> but but I don't, I don't kid myself that I can get faster. But I mean, um, you know, I mean, my marathon PR was when I was in my 40s. And so, right, you know, right. and, and, and me too. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and where's the time machine? Can we take my dedication that I had in my 40s and <laughs> give know. it to my 30 year old self? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's, that's one. I have several versions of heaven. And that's definitely, that's one of my versions of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, um, so, all right. So I think, um, you know, I think people think like, okay, great. I'm ready to run faster. And, you know, my half marathon is in two weeks. So let's go, you know, what can I do? I want to work on speed every day. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it is a, it is a longer process. Mm Uh, and, um, you know, if you're two weeks out from a a race, you know, it's, it's, it's too little too late, sadly, but, Um, you know, you can start fresh after the race and, and, and start working toward that next goal. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it is, it is something, you know, that you want to have a nice long buildup. I mean, our, our, um, you know, our, our half marathon and marathon programs are 15, you know, to 18 weeks Mm -hmm. for a reason. Um, and it's not just to get the mileage in it's, it's, you know, to, to build up everything that, that you need to. So um, when, when do, how long is there? Okay, so let's say, okay, so if you're marath- have marathons in two weeks, you know, there's not a whole lot of hope for actually building sustainable speed for that race. But, but yeah. I mean, if, if the race is in two months, is that realistic? Oh, I think, I think it absolutely is. Um, you know, if you've been, if you've been, you know, putting in the mileage and, and you've got that base underneath you, um, I think there's a lot you can do, you know, with, with eight weeks ahead of you, six weeks of dedicated speed, and then, um, you know, two weeks to recover out and, and, um, and, and come into leg or can't come into the race with fresh legs. I think there's a lot you can do with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Excellent. So, and then, okay. So you're not supposed to be doing speed workouts every day, but there are things you can be doing on a fairly consistent basis. I don't want to say every day, cause that sounds kind of intimidating, but that you can be priming the system, right? Like agility drills or foam rolling or my favorite. Yeah. All that and your, and your strength training and, um, and another thing that I'm a big fan of, um, are strides and, mm-hmm. um, strides are something I think you can do year round, you, you know, or, you know, even if you're just in your base building phase, I think it's smart to do strides. And so let's define strides there, mm-hmm. you know, about, um, I, I like to have people do them at the end of a, a run. Um, mm-hmm. so say you go out, you do your easy six mile run, you come back. Um, and, and then when your heart rate, you know, has kind of come back down again, um, go almost all out for just say 20 seconds mm-hmm. um, and then walk it back to the beginning and then repeat. And you could do four to six strides at the end of an easy run. Um, and it just keeps the, the turnover going, you know, in, in your legs. And um, so I think that's something you can do year round and you can do it, you know, after easy runs without doing any harm. And, and, and um, yeah, so um, th- that's, that's something that I, I really mm-hmm. do recommend. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, the, the strength training and, and agility drills and things like that, things that keep that, you know, faster paced kind of, um, tempo and, and are building muscular strength to help you with speed. Those are all, all, they all count. Because so. what, what is it exactly? Is it, cause you mentioned turnover with the strides and I mean, is it being able to take quick, short, peppy strides or is it being able to muscle through the whole thing? I mean, what, what, what are you pushing down on the gas with when you're turning on speed? 
you know, it's, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, it's strength, it's your cardiovascular system. Um, and, and it's, and it's your leg turnover. So, um, you know, you, you want to work and that's one of the reasons there are different types of speed work. Um, and like I mentioned the, the, the hill repeats because those help with the strength, um, the strides, they help with the leg turnover. And then some of the more sustained efforts like a tempo run or a race pace effort run are really going to work, you know, your, your aerobic into anaerobic systems. Um, and, and all of it comes together, you know, to mm-hmm. build a more efficient runner. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm out there on the road, I just, it's like a confusing math problem that I just can't even see like where the coefficient and where the the symbols and all and the numbers. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. There's some formula, but I can't quite figure it out. So right. I don't, I don't know. That, that's where you follow programs and have coaches, right? Because yeah. they figure it out and then you just have to follow directions. Right, right. But then when I try to like get all esoteric and figure out the why behind it, that's, that's when I fail miserably. Right, right. Um, right. So, so, and, and you touched on strength training. I, I want to brag about Molly because, um, she just ran a fast 10 K over the weekend. Um, it was her best time in nearly five years. Wow. Um, yeah, she ran, um, uh, she averaged eight thirty eight minute miles and, and, um, which here in Portland only places you a fifth in your age group in a 20 person age group. But, um, so, um, and that eight thirty eight is significantly faster than we run on a daily basis. And she was not training for that race. I mean, in ter- specifically training, she was not okay. doing speed work. She was, you know, I mean, sometimes when we get to a big hill, we'll walk up it. Um, but so she really, she, she, um, pointed the finger and, and, um, thinks that strength training, she's started doing a little bit more intensive strength training one day a week. She thinks that was it. And so I want to hear your thoughts on that. But the thing that I told her is I think that she has, um, she's a sandbagger, but I think she finally has learned to embrace the discomfort that comes with, um, pushing yourself and learned that pushing yourself can have positive results and that sometimes it's necessary, you know, that, um, that something to not shy away from. I think that's what I told her, you know, yeah. that I feel she's finally learned that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is a huge component of it. Um, so touching on the strengths, first of all, um, you know, I am a huge believer in strength training for runners. I, I just, I, I really am in particular, you know, when you start, you know, getting into your thirties and, and, you know, and forties, fifties, um, you know, you're, you start to lose muscle mass and, um, the, the muscle mass will go a long way to, um, giving you the strength to get through those final miles when you're starting to slow down and be tired, you know, that's where having some strength in your legs will really carry you and your upper body because that that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't doubt that that played, um, a big role in, in her PR and, um, also, um, like you said, you know, getting comfortable with, 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 with the uncomfortable. Um, oh, I you know, love that. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's conditioning your mind to just understand this is part of the game. And, um, you know, I, I've, I've actually used that with my daughter before, you know, when, when we've been running together and, and, you know, I just wanted to understand early on that, you know, if you're going to achieve a goal, um, it's, it's going to take some pain, you know, mm-hmm. it's just going to. And, and I think if you can accept that and expect it, you can, you can push through it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. So, 
Um, so speed training as we age, I know I do, I don't want this to turn into, I told Molly this morning, she goes, make sure you ask about, you know, as you get older, I'm like, I don't want this to turn into another, you know, another aging runner podcast, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) with our last two shows, but, but, um, you know, how should we approach it? And, and like, when do we accept that our faster days are in the rear view mirror? Yeah, that's, um, you know, it's, it's, most studies will show that definitely, you know, by about your mid to late 40s, early 50s, you are fighting against nature a little bit with the declining times, you know, and again, if you didn't start running till you're 38, you know, hey, you can probably expect to get better all the way up till you're 48. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but there is, you know, you start going the opposite direction at some point. <laughs> and um you know it's, it's probably better to to accept it and, and not try to fight it um but it, you know in terms of speed work um you know i i think it's good to start maybe you know scaling back a bit um it, in some way shape or form whether it's with your distance or with your speed work or just something overall when you look at your overall week you know, it needs to be a little bit tapered back from what you used to do. So if you used to do two days, two days a week of speed work, um, you know, maybe as you're getting into your later 40s, you want to scale that back to one day a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, that's where start supplementing with other things like some strength training and, and you know, things like that that can help make up um, for what you're, you know, lacking um, you know, or maybe just looking at overall, say you used to run 50 miles a week, maybe you want to dial back you know, to 50 to 40 miles a week, you know, Mm -hmm. as you, as you age and, and, but still keep that quality component in there. Um, there, there are a lot of studies that show that, um, you know, that, that masters runners do well with still keeping, you know, the, the speed in there, especially some of the shorter intervals actually, um, because our, our muscles are starting to lose elasticity. And one of the things that happens then is, is it affects your stride and, you know, the leg turnover. And so if you can keep those, those intervals in there, you're going to be doing yourself a favor and, and, um, you know, but all within reason, don't, don't expect to keep up the volume and intensity that you did 10 years prior, you know? Okay. That's good. Um, and then, um, I've, I know that, um, Ellison who sometimes co-hosts this, she talked at one point, um, to me on some run, she was saying about how she was looking to follow a 10 day training cycle instead of yeah. one week. So yeah. could you talk a little bit about that as an option? Funny. Cause that just popped into my head. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's a great idea because then you're building a little more rest. Um, you know, you're not forcing yourself into, you know, that, that seven day pattern of, you know, getting in the two days of speed work and that, that seven days or whatever it might be, stretch it out to the 10 you can build in an extra day of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still get in, you know, your speed sessions. Um, it's just stretching it out a little bit and, and allowing for a little more recovery in there um, and, and making it more sustainable. So, yeah, I think it's a great option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard. That's another thing that my mind kind of fritzes out on is how to to make it be 10 days instead of the the seven. So it's just just kind of taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture a little bit because you do you have to zoom out a little bit to get ten days. Yeah, yeah, I know it is. It is. I mean, for some of us who are you know we like our packaged up nice little (laughs) Monday through Sunday. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Um, it can be hard, (laughs) but (laughs) but um, but yeah, you just kind of 
like you said, kind of take a step back, kind of stretch things out, look at your, you know, your 10 days and, and, um, you know, maybe even, you know, just writing it down over a 10 day cycle helps, um, mm-hmm. to have the, the picture of it, you know, on the calendar, um, or, you know, so yeah. Right, right, right. So then, um, someone on our Facebook page was asking, how do you set a, a stretch, but an achievable speed goal? You know, is it a crystal ball? Is it complex math calculation? I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, so I am, um, a big fan of, um, first of all, having your most recent race, um, at hand or race time at hand, most recent good race at hand, um, to use as a base for calculating things and then plugging it into one of the race calculators out there. And there are several good ones, but Macmillan, I think is one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, so, so use, use your, your most recent race result, plug it in and, you know, it will, it, so for people who aren't um, familiar with race calculators, mm-hmm. say you've run a 10 K and you've got a half marathon coming up, plug in that 10 K time and it will, and then, and then tell it, Hey, I want to run a half marathon and it'll give you a realistic, um, picture of what your, your half marathon time should be. So, yeah. And it'll also, I mean, depending on what, what one you're using, it'll tell you what your long run pace should be, what your tempo yeah. pace should be, all that stuff. And there are, there are apps that do that. I, I, um, particularly like, I haven't used it in a long time since I haven't raced in so long, but, um, <laughs> I, I think it's called race pace. Um, okay. app and it, it, um, you know, and that's always kind of fun. Cause then, I mean, I don't know when you're, um, waiting to, for a delayed flight or something, I'll be like, Oh, let's see if my, you know, if I ran a one fifty five, you know, 36 half marathon, what could be my marathon time this, you know, next fall or whatever. Right. So, um, those can just be kind of fun. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, um, I'm so not um, up on apps, and so I cannot speak to those. Oh. Um, but, <laughs> but I like ra- the one I just looked it up uh, while I was talking. It is called Race Pace, and okay, it's, good, it's free. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and and again, I'm going to emphasize. You know, like make sure it's a, a recent realistic race pace. Um, you know, if, you've had a, <laughs> if you've had a break from race racing, or you know, or you're like, yeah, three years ago I ran <laughs> such and such a time. I'll use that. That you know. Uh, you know, make sure you're, you're being honest with where you are, you know, right. for setting those, right. Those yeah. Races. Yeah. If you've, if you've given birth maybe between that race and the one right. you're trying to run right now. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then let's, let's finally skip ahead to, um, race day and how do you put what you practiced in training into reality? And then how do you keep your foot on the gas? And, and I realize that not every race is about pushing the pace. You know, there's so, so many different reasons to race. And sometimes it's just about having fun and, or spending time with your friends or seeing a new part of the country or something. But when, when you are looking to, you know, set a new time goal or reach a time goal, you know, like, how do you, for me, the hardest part is holding on to that time goal that often gets so slippery as, t- as the miles tick by. Yeah. Yeah. Execution. Um, there you yeah. go. That was the one word that <laughs> I just used 50 to describe. <laughs> um, so, you know, I recommend first of all, right before your race, go back over your training logs and look at what you've done mm-hmm. and, you know, buy into what you can do, you know, look at oh, those, I like that. I like yeah, that. look at those race pace efforts that you did and, and how successful they were. And let that be a shot in your arm that you can do this. And, um, then, you know, when you start your race, I, I always, you know, and again, we, we talked, we touched on this a, a little bit earlier, you know, it is so easy to get caught up in the excitement. Your legs are fresh. You're going to be feeling good. It's so easy to go out too hard in the first couple of miles, but 
you know, do everything you can to hold yourself back and do a check at that first mile marker and see where you are. And if you mm-hmm. are ahead of pace, dial it back, dial it mm-hmm. back, you know, and, and that's going to, you know, lead up to a better race experience. So once you get your, you know, a couple of miles in and you're settling in, your legs are starting to feel good, start, start applying that gas and start, start getting mm-hmm. up to race pace. And, you know, it, it, I think some of it is, um, you know, practicing that focus, because I think it's easy, especially in a long run, you know, especially, I mean, sorry, long race, so easy to lose focus, right? And, mm-hmm. and get distracted and, and look around and, you know, chat with people or whatever else. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're really, really intent on a race goal, you know, stay focused, you develop a couple of mantras, a couple of things that can help bring you back to center and, and, and keep your mind where it is. Because I think at that point, the hay is in the barn, you've, you've done the work and, and, and what, what's left to fall apart really, if you've done everything correctly, um, is, is the mental aspect of it. Mm -hmm. It, For for me, it's the intention it's the, that what seemed like such a good idea (laughs) (laughs) three months ago or a week ago or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't really need to do that. That's fine. Like, you know, whatever, whatever the time of the clock says, it's fine. And, and, you know, and, and I have let myself off the hook and then gosh, disappointment is just so great because it is, you, you put in so much effort with training. And so sometimes I know for me over the years, what I've done is that I tell myself almost that I don't want to do a disservice to those earlier miles um, that I have done. This is particularly true, like in the second half of a marathon. It's like, no, I did the goal pace at mile 9, 10, 11, 12. I need to respect those that effort and not throw it all aside. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You know, yeah. and it's just like, it's almost like the, then those miles become like these like shrines that I am going to like bow down to and say, okay, I'll, you know, live up to your expectations and do what what needs to do to, to pay homage to that. Because it's like, you know, you've already started building up, you know, those bricks of getting towards your goal. And it's like, oh, you don't want to see it all crumble down because you can't continue putting successful brick, brick after brick after brick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, um, I met Phoebe Wright, um, in the fall, she's a, an 800 runner who runs, um, she was running for Nike at the time. I'm not sure if she still is, but an, an absolute elite. And she, um, had something to say, to share with all of us that I thought was so great. And she said, her mantra is don't take the deal. So Mm. when, when you're out there and you're feeling at your absolute worst and you're coming up with 20 different excuses for why you don't need to continue at that pace and push hard, don't take the deal. And, mm. and I, I really like that. I think that's because oh, you do so much bargaining with yourself. Yes. Yes. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just, I'll just ease off to, in mile 18. And then when mile 19 comes around, I'm just going to push, press back yeah. on the gas. And yes. then it's like, mm, nope, nope, no, no. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, it is almost Faustian with the deal of, you know, yeah, totally. if, it could, if it could just feel easy for just a, this next half mile, that's all right. I want. <laughs> right. right. It's crazy what you go through. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I, I do remind myself that like, Eventually, this will be over, and I will be able to breathe normally. My legs won't be screaming at me. Like I won't have to keep my mental, you know, hood on with my eyes focused forward. That eventually, I'm just going to be able to chug that chocolate milk at the finish line, and it's all going to be behind me. And I want to feel good and feel that I did the best that I could do on that day. Yeah, and that's a great reminder too. Yeah, mm-hmm. thinking about that post race and how you want to feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, awesome. 
Well, you have given, uh, I think a lot of what you said can be new mantras for people. Um, I love getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's going to, that's going to bing around in my brain for quite a while, Amanda, as I start to train for Twin Cities Marathon. So, so all, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you too. It was fun. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty. Well, let's hear from Dimity about the goings on in the Train Like a Mother Club. I suspect there might be some women uh, gearing up for some races over there. Hello, hello. It's Dimity here waiting for you on the corner of Train Like and a Mother with our lovely Train Like a Mother Club corner. This week, um, just wanted to give you a heads up on March 13th, the next rounds of Heart Rate 101 and 102 are starting. So that's Monday, this coming Monday. Um, And they're both eight-week programs. And so if that's interesting to you, please um, get your little badass over to trainlikeamother.club and sign up. And uh, here's a little testimonial slash anecdote from Heart Rate 101 uh, from Helen, who finished the first round of 2017. She wrote this right before we um, <laughs> kicked her out of the Facebook page. And um, along with, you know, we'd given her, of course, eight weeks, though, of awesome guidance and coaching and connection and, and all the things that the Train Like a Mother Club offers. So anyway, here's what Helen says. I'm grateful to have connected with all of you and very grateful for this program, Coach MK and Dimity. My anecdote, I was running back to the gym after an hour or so run and passed a friend who wished me to have a good run, thinking that I was just starting out because I was looking so relaxed. Ha! The most valuable improvement for me was consistency. Instead of putting off a run just because I can, just go and enjoy it. Thanks again for the experience. I love that because consistency is such, all the coaches in the Train Like a Mother Club preach consistency. Um, You know, running three days a week is fine and good, but if you can run five days a week, that's better. Um, And the heart rate 101 stresses running five days a week at a very easy pace, and that's why she was looking so relaxed. So if that's interesting to you at all, head over to trainlikeamother.club, and we will be happy to answer any questions at clamclub at anothermotherrunner.com. Okay. Uh, I'm walking away from the corner, but I'll see you next week. Have a great week, ladies. The month of March is Tripod Month. You might have heard about it on some other shows that you listen to. It's a fun campaign aimed at getting more folks tuned into podcasts. Turns out about half of Americans don't listen to podcasts. I mean, think of what they're missing. Oh my gosh. Um, Or they don't even know what a podcast is or how to listen to one. Yes, people like that do exist. So to take part in the tripod campaign, find some of those people. Maybe they're your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, your running buddy, whoever it is, and turn them on to the joys of podcasts. If they stare at you blankly, sit down with them with your mobile phone maybe and show that person how to find and download shows. You know it's easy. Show them it's easy. Show them, you know, some shows that interest you. We um, hope that when you recommend a few of your favorites that Another Mother Runner is one of them. That would be awesome. Thank you. And then how about you tweet me at SBS on the run or at the mother runner using the hashtag tripod. That's hashtag T-R-Y-P-O-D to let me know you're spreading the word about podcasts and the AMR podcasts. Thank you so much in advance for spreading the word. And whatever your pace, many happy miles. Happy miles.